And so if we know there's people hurting, there has to be people who are willing to take the gospel and to get out of their comfort zone and lead them to Jesus. I didn't get to salvation just on my own. Someone had to bring me. You understand? And so right now there are people who need to come to Jesus Christ. If, um, if you've never been to one of our Connect luncheons, um, we're having that today right after services, and so we want you to stay. Um, if you haven't been to one, if you're new here to Cornerstone, you may have some questions. We want to introduce ourselves to you as a staff, and you're invited. We've got pulled pork, and we've got brisket, and we've got all the side dishes, all right? So I know a lot of you are saying, well, I think I'll just stay anyways. Yep, you gotta be, you got to be a newbie, okay? So we want you to, we, we want you to stay and, and have lunch with us, okay? All right, here we go. Mark chapter 2, and uh, this morning... Um, we've entitled the sermon, Raising the Roof. And so I, I, I bet you know Mark chapter 2. So let's read this real quick together, and let's make some application for our lives, okay? Boy, good music this morning. Everybody say amen. Hey, give the Lord one more hand this morning, will you? And um, yep. All right, here we go. Mark chapter 2, look at verse 1. And it said, when he had come back to Capernaum, of course, it's talking about Jesus. He was, he was headed back, and he came to Capernaum. Several days afterwards, and it was heard that he was at, at a home. Look at ver- He was in a home. Now look at verse 2. And many were gathered together so that there were no longer room, uh, not even near the door. And he was speaking the word to them. Now the word um, speaking here in the King James, it says preached. And then in the Greek, it's the Greek word lelio, which has the idea of the word preach, being serious about speech. Verse 3, and they came bringing to him a paralytic paralytic carried by four men. Hey, listen, we want to be a church that's known about raising our roof, all right? We're not talking about being a a Pentecostal church or anything like that, but sometimes it ain't too bad. But we we need to make sure that uh, we're a church that is doing something for Jesus Christ, that, that our sole purpose for meeting here and coming here and the whole purpose why we got saved was so that we could tell people about Jesus Christ and about the gospel and about the good news. That is how a church raises its roof, and people being saved and we caring about, caring about the gospel message. But it says in verse 3, and they're at this home, and it says they brought this guy to him, and um, verse 3, and they came bringing to him this man carried by four men. He was, he was crippled. He couldn't walk. So four men uh, carried him into the house. Now, being un- un- unable to get to him because of the crowd, they removed uh, the roof above him. And when they had dug an opening, they let down the pallet on which the man was lying. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the paralytic, notice what he says. He says, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, watch what happens here. <clears throat> See, only Jesus can say that. But some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. They were getting mad. You know, in other words, these, these guys were Jewish, and, and they, they, liked it. they liked it just the way they had it. They knew what they, what they did under the law. They knew the Mosaic, the Mosaic Covenant. They, they, they were comfortable. They didn't want to see any change. They, were, they, were, they, 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 they wanted it their way. And notice what it says here. And they reasoned in their hearts and getting angry at Jesus. And he says, why does this man speak that way? He is blaspheming. 
Who can forgive sins but God alone? You see, Jesus is God. Everybody say amen. And immediately Jesus, aware in his spirit that they were reasoning that way within themselves, said to them, why are you reasoning about these, these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to this man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and pick up your pallet and walk, but so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins? He said to this paralytic, he said, I say to you, get up, pick up your pallet, and go home. And he got up. Listen, this is how we want to leave our services. Amen? Listen, listen. And he got up and immediately picked up the pallet and went out to the sight of everyone so that they were all amazed and were glorifying God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Hey, what did you come in this morning expecting? What kind of expectation do you have? For, what, what, what did you get up and pray about this morning and, and praying for people's salvation and, and praying for God to do some work? What, what, are you, what, what did you come in expecting this morning? Let me tell you again, if you come in expecting nothing, that's exactly what you're going to get. But if you come expecting God to, to do something in your heart and to do something in your life and in your family and your neighbor and your community, that's exactly what God's going to do. Everybody say amen. All right, Father, we love you this morning, and we thank you for Jesus Christ, and we ask you this morning just through, this, through your word to, uh, to work us over and to encourage us to sharpen us in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Look with me at a couple of things. Um, this morning, first of all, you know, just a short drive around town reveals that there's that there's a, that we're not hurting for churches. I mean, you can just about go down any street and any any neighborhood, and we, we find churches, right? There's a lot of churches out there, and uh, there's any of them with any types of programs and music or philosophies for any type of person. Now, uh, Ed Stetzer, in his book Comeback Churches, he lists what he calls the dirty baker's dozen. Now, listen close. Um, these are 13 types of churches who will not advance, listen to me close, who will not advance the kingdom of God because they cannot advance the kingdom of God. And again, these attitudes do not advance the kingdom of God. Now, I'm not going to go through all 13 of them, but I want you to listen to them because sometimes we get these things in our brains and in our minds. Number one, the institutionalized church. Now, this church focuses on and is more committed to the forms and programs of ministry. It's a church of the people, by the people, but most importantly, for the people. It makes sure that it, that it retains as many people as possible and, it, and, it, and keeps new people pretty much in their place. But the underlying premise is status quo is good. Number two, there's the unintentional church. Number three, there's us four and no more. Another one is We Can't Compete Church. Um, the list goes on and on and on. But here's what we want us to see this morning is, is, that, is that if our job, number one, is to promote the kingdom of God, if our job, number one, is to see people saved, therefore, we have to make that the main thing of everything that we do. Everybody say amen. It's not about me. It's not about what makes me comfortable, but it's what about takes the gospel of Jesus Christ forward. So I want to give you three things this morning out of this text that will help us to be this race, roof-raising church, okay? Number one, number one, um, number one, saturation with the presence of God. Uh, Cornerstone, uh, we need to be saturated with the presence of God. 
And, you know, the music was great this morning, but, you know, and, and no buts to it, but we need to make sure that we're saturated in his presence. Notice in uh, verse 1, notice that uh, Mark chapter 2 opens with Jesus showing up, showing out, and showing off. And this church service begins, as every church service should begin, with the saturation of the presence of God. Now, verse 1 says, And again, he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noised that he was in the house. Hey, listen to me, everybody. When we come here, we have to remember that Jesus Christ is in the house. And if Jesus isn't going to show up, then there's no sense in any of us showing up, right? And since we're saved and the Holy Spirit lives within us, listen, Jesus Christ is here. Now, when Jesus shows up, all of a sudden, this house becomes heaven. Do you notice that? A common place becomes a consecrated place. God is going to find a place, Cornerstone, and whether it's here or there or anywhere, God is going to show up in the place that will embrace and enjoy his presence. Hey, listen, when we come to church, we need to make sure that we enjoy the presence of God. Right, everybody? We need to make sure that when the music is playing, that we're singing praises to God. When the, when the preaching is being preached, that we're taking inventory of ourselves and that we're enjoying the presence of God. And that's what we see that was taking place in this church service, if you will. Now, <clears throat> i got to get some water. There's none in I recently read of a... Here we go. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's the steroids. I'm getting off these things. This is not good. But seriously, if anybody's got any extra, I can use them in my office there. I'm playing around. My wife's going to kill me. Hey, I once read about a, about a guy, and he walked into a restaurant. He walked into a restaurant, and it was freezing cold, and all the patrons were wearing their coats. Now, it, was a, it was, wasn't that cold of a day outside, but they go inside, and, and it's, just, it's just cold, 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 and all the patrons are wearing coats. And, and so he, he goes to the, to, the, to the waitress, and she, he says, he says, um, he says uh, you know, it's cold in here, right? And she said, uh, she said, uh, she said yeah, that's, that's the way we like it. And he says, but everybody out here is freezing, and they're wearing their coats. She says, yeah, that's okay. That's how we like it. The point is this, is that um, sometimes we get that attitude when it comes to church, and, when it, when, when we, and that attitude when we serve Christ is... is we, we, we want it our way. We want to do it our way because it's what makes us comfortable. Is that really advancing the kingdom of God? Anybody? We need to make sure as, as a church, and if we're going to raise the roof, we need to make sure that we saturate it with the presence of God. And, and that little story, that's the picture of many, many, many churches today. And most of the things that they do are based on how we like it there. You know, and again, if that's the attitude of the church, please know that won't be a place where Jesus shows up. You may be there, but Jesus may not be. Look at verse 2. It is standing room only in the house of Simon Peter. And Jesus showed up, and the people flocked to get in. Notice what Jesus did when he got there. Look at verse 2. It says that he preached the word unto them. Now, that word preach carries the idea of the most serious kind of speech. He preached the word unto them. He who is the word was declaring all things concerning himself, it says. 
And let me just remind you that the most important thing that you can ever do and that we can ever do in this church service is that the most important thing that will ever take place in this church is the preaching of the Word of God, because nothing can take place of that. Amen? No thing should ever take the place of the main thing, and the main thing is preaching God's inspired, inerrant, infallible, indestructible, and incorruptible Word. You know, it's not preaching that gives the Word power, but it's the Word that gives preaching power. Mark it down. Whenever you find a church that raises the roof, you will find a place that enjoys the presence of God and where the preaching of God's word is going forth. Amen? Number two, a church that raises the roof will have participation by the people of God. Now, someone has well said that there are three kinds of people in every church. Now, think about which one you might be. There are three kinds of people in every church. Those who make things happen, those who watch things happen, and those who don't know what just happened. (laughs) You know, there is something unique about a church that raises the roof, and that is the people of God will not be spectators, they will not be detractors or imitators, but they will be participants of God's Word. You know, before services, you know, we have to make sure that we pray. We've got to come in expecting things. During the music, we have to make sure that we're in tune with our Savior. During the preaching time that we're engaging, and after it's all over with, we want to make sure that we're doing something with what God gave us to do with. Now look at verse 2 again. It says, Many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them, no, not so much as about the door. Now we know that a great crowd gathered to hear and see Jesus, but we also learned something else about the crowd. The crowd was made up of those who hurt. Now, follow me close here. Back in chapter 1 and verse 34, it said that Jesus held many that were sick of different diseases, and they casted out many devils. I believe that that crowd followed him to Capernaum and now in this house where they're at. In verse 4, it says that there is one that was sick with the palsy. And it says that five times this man is referred to as being paralyzed or one sick with palsy, and he was helpless and he was hopeless. Listen close. While others could make their way to Jesus, he had no physical strength to do so. There were not only those that hurt, but look at this story. There were those that also wanted to help. Look, right now in this room, I I know that there are people that are hurting. And I, I hope that you know that Jesus Christ stands here and full of grace and full of who he is, and he stands on your behalf wanting to, 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 to bless you and to bless. You may be, whatever it is that's hurting, I want you to know that, listen, we're here to encourage you, and Jesus is here. We want to minister Jesus to you. But listen to me, Cornerstone. There are people sitting next to you that are hurting. They're your neighbors where, you're, where you live and your family that are hurting. And what they need is they need Jesus. And, and, and so if we know there's people hurting, we also know in this story that there has to be people who are willing to take the gospel and to get out of their comfort zone and lead them to Jesus and bring them to Jesus. You know, I know that everyone here this morning, if you're saved and if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you didn't really get there on your own, right? Someone brought you. I know for me, my beautiful great-great-aunt prayed for me and prayed for me, and I didn't get to salvation just on my own. Someone had to bring me. You understand? 
And so right now there are people who need to come to Jesus Christ. And just like in this story, we need to know that it's our responsibility to, to take this person and get them to Jesus Christ. There are people that you need to be praying for. There are people that you need to be inviting to church. There are people who are hurting that needs Jesus, and you are the helpers. We are the helpers. That's the church's role is to help those people get to Jesus. You see, listen to me. A lot of people don't even know that they need Jesus, but we know they need Jesus. And if, if we're going to be this church, like in the Gospels here, if, if we're going to have roof-raising services, we have to be a church that, number one, that we, that we enjoy the presence of God and that we preach the Word of God. But number two is we have to be a people who get involved, who participate. Amen? You know, one of these churches um, in this book, um, they call it the Chaplaincy Church. And, and I think we read about it last week in our, in our um in our small groups as well, too. But, you know, there are some churches that believe, well, I'm going to hire a pastor and a staff, and they're, you know, they're responsible for making sure people are saved and making sure people are ministered to. That's toxic. That's, you can't read the Bible and tell me that that's what it says, because that's not what it says, that we are all ministers of grace when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior. Listen, we need to participate, we need to help, and we need to make it our passion to help people to get to Jesus Christ. I mean, look at this story in your text. I mean, here's this room. I don't know how big it was, and it doesn't say how many people were there, but it was packed. It was so packed that it was coming out the door. You couldn't even get up to it. I mean, it was packed with people. And so these, these four guys, they, they carried him to the top of the roof. They dug a hole because they knew it was so important because Jesus could heal him. Listen to me. We got people who live next to us. There are people out here in our community that need Jesus, and they may not know that they need him yet, but they need him, and we're supposed to be the one to get him there at no matter the cost. I mean, these guys carried him on top of a pellet, pallet on top of the roof, dug a hole, and let him down, and then boom, there was Jesus. I mean, that's, I mean, they went to some extraordinary trouble, right? But we don't want to even invite people to church. We don't want to be bothered with it because we've, we have started believing something, whatever it is that is wrong. It is our job to get involved and to see people saved. Hey, look at Dusty over here. Praise God. Um, praise God, there are people who need to get to Jesus, and we're supposed to be the ones to get them there. Right, everybody? Everybody say amen. Give the Lord a hand, will you please? <clears throat> so we want to we be a roof-raising church, if you will, and we want to make sure that we understand it's our job to get people there, that we're going to be kingdom builders, and our focus is going to be on people getting saved. Now, go ahead and jump with me to uh, verse 12, please. This is my favorite part about the whole story here, and, and I, I think we could, we could make some great application from it. And number three is celebrating uh, the celebration of the power of God. And, and again, I kind of hit on it, but look at verse 12. It says, they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw it like this before. <laughs> I love that. I mean, I want to walk into services every time that we have the doors open, and I want to leave, and I want to say, wow, that was amazing, and the glorification of God, 
And, and, and just to say that, wow, I've never seen anything like that before because we're expecting great things out of God. Hey, do we understand that when we come here, we're not here just on our own power and strength and might. We're here because there's someone else here, and his name is Jesus Christ. And there's nothing that he can't do. There's nothing that he can't do. We're not talking about emotionalism here. We're talking about things that God does divinely. Amen, everybody? You know, I always tell everybody... I tell everybody this, is that, you know, you, you know, there should be emotion in church. There should be an emotion in praising and worshiping God, but that, that's never the forefront thing. There should be faith, and because of our faith, then there's going to be emotion, right? But I love it how he said, we never saw it like this before. You know, uh, what a way to leave a church service. You come to meet with God, and God is there to meet with you, he takes it out of the hands of men. He puts it into the hands of the Holy Spirit, and we walk out of the door saying, wow, we have never, ever seen anything like that before. You know, it seems to me that if God shows up in our midst, we couldn't help but go to the Sunday dinner and say, man, you should have been at church today. We've never seen anything like that before. We did that last week, by the way. It seems to me that if we have truly been forgiven of our sins, listen, if we have truly, if you really truly believe that you've been forgiven of your sins, it would be second nature to let anybody and everybody, any place and every place to know what God has done for us. They might not be able to see the forgiveness in my heart, but I want them to see the change in my life, and I want them to hear the testimony from my lips. Look at what the Lord has done for me. Amen? I once, uh, I, I read about a Chinese farmer. <clears throat> he had cataracts removed from both of his eyes. He, he was blind, but there was a missionary doctor, and he was on the mission field, and he took off these cataracts um, from this Chinese man. And only a few days elapsed when this missionary doctor looked out his bamboo window to notice the formerly blind man holding the end of a long rope. In a single file behind him came several blind Chinese from, the, from whom the farmer had told about his operation. He couldn't explain to him what the doctor did. All he could let them know is that he was blind before, and now he can see again. You know, the only hope our community has is us. You know, just like that Chinese man did, hey, Cornerstone, we're to, we're to tell people what Jesus did for us and tell them, in what fashion God has done it into our lives and so that they can know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior too. Amen? The only hope for our community and our city and our country and our church is to get people to Jesus. He can do what no one or no thing else can do. I think for far too long the church has had church and done church and I think now it's time for Jesus Christ to do something in the church and through us. Amen? For that to happen, <clears throat> this place must be marked by saturation with the presence of God, our participation by the people of God, and we ought to celebrate the power of God. When that happens, that church, this church, or any church will raise the roof and finally be what God wants the church to be. Amen, everybody? All right, let's bow our heads and pray together. Father, we do love you this morning, and we thank you for our Savior, Jesus Christ. And um, 
Lord, my prayer is this morning and, and for this wonderful group of, of called out assembly of believers, Lord, is that you'll challenge our hearts in such a great way this morning to, to, to not be satisfied with status quo and, and just having fire insurance of not going to hell and going to heaven. But, but Lord, I pray that you'll challenge each and every one of us um, um, to enjoy your presence, to be a uh, participator in kingdom building, and that, Lord, that we celebrate your presence and we go out of here um, being witnesses of your grace and of your might. Lord, I pray this morning that if there's one here that's never accepted Jesus, Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, Lord, I pray this morning that they'll walk this aisle and that they'll just come to this altar so I can speak with them and visit with them, please. Lord, we just pray for your, for your, for your presence to be done, and we just pray, Lord, for your will to be done in each one of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Stand with me this morning, would you please?